This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better, and I'll never be the same again. Amen. Give five people a high five, and then you may be seated this morning. Amen. So we're in this series, The Miracle of Seed Faith Giving, and I'm not sure if it'll take two or maybe three Sundays to do this one message inside of that series, Releasing Your Faith Through Seed Faith Giving. The number one thing Christians fail to do, in my considered opinion, is they fail to follow God's Word when it comes to success and money. They fail to establish a covenant of increase with God. And because they fail to establish a covenant of increase with God, they flounder. They borrow too much money, and they are oftentimes reduced to continually seeking financial miracles through various means. If you will listen to these messages in these days and follow these teachings, we'll show you from the Word of God how you can become successful and wealthy over time. Everybody say over time. Over time. So I, I love John Osteen. You know, when he was alive and in the pulpit, he would always say, we don't have any shortcuts. Then he would say, there are no shortcuts. So we're not talking about magic. We're not talking about uh, hocus pocus. We're talking about employing the principles we find in the Word of God to get a certain result. If you'll do what I'm teaching in these days, your success and your wealth will become inevitable. Say it out loud. It is the will of God that I prosper in this life. God has a plan for me to prosper. So I'm going to work God's plan and I'm going to prosper and I'm going to prosper now. Now the main thing I want to communicate is this. You have to do something in order to pull ahead financially with God's help. Tell your neighbor, you got to do something. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you got to do something. If you desire to be supernaturally blessed and increased by God, then you will need to release your faith in seed form. You will need to release your faith in seed form by sowing financial seeds into the kingdom of God, into His anointing, and into His anointed. So what we're really talking about is a lifestyle of generosity. We're not talking about an occasion. We're talking about a lifestyle of generosity. And listen. It is a lifestyle. There were guys at the house yesterday, they weren't planting spring flowers, but they were getting out the winter flowers and preparing the soil for the planting of spring flowers, which I assume will come up this week. And my wife's, you know, take some Coca-Colas. It's just a habit to be a blessing. Somebody comes to work during the day 
some kind of manual labor, I make sure and pay them. Because those people are not on salary with some great big corporation somewhere. They're day laborers and they need that money. Do you understand? They, they might be going from my house to buy gas. They might be going from my house to the grocery store. You don't delay. It's a lifestyle. Tell your neighbor, don't horse people around. Tell the neighbor on the other side, stop horsing people around. Ephesians 3, 20, 21, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power, his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now as I taught in the 2006 month of money in October of 2006, the first step in the biblical wealth development strategy is make the money. The second step in the biblical wealth development strategy is tie the money. The third step in the biblical wealth development strategy is save and invest the money. And the fourth step in the biblical wealth development strategy is sow the money. So in these days, we're talking about what the kingdom of God is like scattering seed. See, and I'm, I'm going to take my time with this message because this is the heart of this series. See, a young man in the church was thanking me the other day for being more of a father to him than his natural father. He was thanking me for leading him into the blessing of the Lord. Forget about being a millionaire, makes a million plus a year. I said, well, all that's great, but I said, you pulled it out of me. See, in other words, we got all these people, all these Sundays, but not everybody gets the same result. See, you have to pull it out of me because I'm a gift and I'm here for a season and then I go and I rest. Last time Austin and I were down at a convention. <laughs> let, me, let me back up. We're in Paris one day riding the elevator in the Eiffel Tower and a guy put his hand on me and I turned to him and I said, you put your hand on me one more time, I'm going to lay you out. And Austin says, Dad, you can't talk to people like that. I said, well, I just did. <laughs> so last time we were at a convention over here, a man from another state, another city, comes up to me, and uh, he reached up, and he felt the fabric of my suit. And he smiled, and he said, make the money, tie the money, save and invest the money, and sow the money. See, because he was one of these young men that has pulled it out of me, and he's got churches in two different states and he's got a jet and he flies between them well see that's a whole different color a whole different situation from somebody putting their hand on you in some elevator with nefarious motives Amen. do you understand what I'm saying that's, that's like a son in the gospel and I don't know what year that was but he's, he's giving me an outline from a series from years before See, in other words, not in one ear and out the other ear. See, you gotta, you got to take the message and you've got to run with the vision. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. Tell your neighbor, ain't nobody going to do it for you. Amen. 
Tell the neighbor on the other side, ain't nobody going to do it for you. Yeah, so here's an example. Here's an example. Yesterday, a man who's been in the church just five months told me that he and his wife answered the challenge. I like that phrase. He said they answered the challenge in the Easter 2022 challenge offering. He said they had always been tithers. Now listen carefully. He said they'd always been tithers, but they had never been taught to get faith on their giving until they came to Faith Christian Center. So they asked God what to give, and God gave them a number, and then they told God that they wanted all their debt paid off. Well, a relative called them out of the blue and said, I want to pay off all your debt. Now look, that's a miracle. Because I, I don't know if your relatives are like my relatives, but let me tell you what, if I, they're not handing me money. Are you hearing me? That's a miracle. And when that money comes, it will be a 500-fold return on their Easter 2022 challenge offering giving, and it'll get them out of debt, and it will make them millionaires. There's another. I mean, see, that's what we do at Faith Christian Center. We mint. See, Joe Biden's printing fake money, but at Faith Christian Center, we are minting millionaires. Hallelujah. Tell your, tell your neighbor, he knows his business. Tell the neighbor on the other side, pastor knows his business. Hallelujah. So I'm talking about what the kingdom of God is like, scattering seed. In the 2004 series, Men of Destiny, up at I-30, I said Sue and I had given from 1976 to 2003 $730,000 into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that message on Sunday, January 11, 2004, I said the day would come. I was prophesying. I said the day would come when Sue and I would give over a million dollars into the gospel in a single year. At the end of 2021, that number, our giving from 1976 to 2021 into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ was up to $7.1 million. And then while Austin was speaking here, at 11 o'clock on May 1, the Lord spoke to me and said, how much did you give 10 years ago? See, he wanted me to go home and look stuff up and gain perspective. Well, I looked it up. So let's go back, instead of going back 10 years ago, let's go back four decades. I don't have a record of 1981, but in 1984, we gave $3,512 into the gospel. Three decades ago, in 1991, we gave $22,880 into the gospel. Two, decade, two decades ago, in 2001, we gave $27,783 into the gospel. Now, one decade ago, in 2011, we gave $331,575 into the gospel. And in 2021, we gave $985,476 into the gospel. So Sue and I are almost there, a million dollars into the gospel in a single year. We're almost there. But I want you to see, it's not overnight. If you don't start, you're not going to get there. I mean, you could, you could go out here and get in your car after church and say, I believe I'm going to Houston, I believe I'm going to Houston, I believe I receive, I'm going to Houston. But if you don't start up that car, if you don't pull out onto the road, if you don't start, you ain't going to Houston. You got to take action. 
And the Bible specifically says, despise not the day of small things. And the devil will lie to you and tell you that what you have to give or what you have to tithe on is not enough. It won't make a difference to the kingdom of God. That is not Satan trying to mess up the church. That is Satan trying to mess you up. Because so long as you're in neutral, you're not making forward progress. Let me say that again. So long as you are in neutral, you're not making forward progress. Number one, if you're taking notes, the giving of offerings into the gospel is based upon the principles of sowing and reaping. The giving of offerings into the gospel is based upon the principles of sowing and reaping. Galatians 6, 7, so do not be deceived. Tell your neighbor, do not be deceived. Tell the neighbor on the other side, do not be deceived. Paul says, so do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Now listen, I, I mean to hammer this. I'm not doing anything by accident. Everything that they're doing in Washington is to create uncertainty. You go down to most churches and they'll tell you, you don't know whether it's the will of God to heal you or not. What is that? Uncertainty. But when you go to the living God, when you go to the word of the living God, you do not find uncertainty. You find the will of God for your life. Are you hearing me? If you plant apple seeds, you're going to get an apple tree. The apple tree is going to produce apples. And inside of every apple is what? Apple seeds. You plant a cantaloupe seed, you're going to get a cantaloupe vine. The cantaloupe vine is going to produce cantaloupes, and inside of every cantaloupe is going to be what? They have gone so insane on uncertainty. Listen to my words. They have gone so insane on certainty, they want children to not even know what they are. You have to know what you are to make any progress in life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to the words I'm speaking. You have to know who you are in order to make progress in life. If you are confused, you cannot make forward progress. So we go to the Word of God and we find out the will of God for our lives. Amen. I was trying to find a quote the other day. I go online, I search for these words, this particular string of words, and oh my God, my, my, my screen lit up with all this anti-prosperity gospel hate. I get it. I get it. What we teach here is not what everybody teach, teaches. But look, anybody who's honest, when they go to the Word of God, they find the will of God. And a lot of times they say, well, you know, that's for God's Israelite people. That's Old Testament. Well, they have not read Galatians 3, which authorizes me to believe God for all the blessings of Abraham. And then I get to scriptures like this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Or how about Jesus? Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, what higher authority could we possibly go to? He said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running. I had a lady criticize me up at 
well, forget about I-30, back at the hotel. She said, you're just giving to get. I said, look, the Lord does not have a problem with me being intelligent. If Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you, and I take that and I employ that and I use that to my advantage, I said, I have never one time had the Lord chastise me for being intelligent. And if he didn't want me to know it, why did he say it? Talk to me. If he didn't want me to know it, why did he say it? And don't tell me something good. Because I am going to run with it. Some things you find out are a lie. You know, somebody said apple cider, you you drink that nasty, filthy stuff, and and you'll lose weight. And you know, I held my nose and tried that for four or five days, and I thought, man, this is disgusting, and this does not do anything. In other words, you just throw it out because it doesn't work. But I'm telling you, the Word of God works. Say it out loud. The Word of God works. God's a truth teller. It's all true. And it'll work for me. Are you hearing me? Amen. And if He didn't want us to know it, well, why would He tell us about it? If it was, if it was some kind of secret, why did He blurt it out? Give, and it shall be given unto you. And actually, the words of Jesus in Luke 6, 38 line up with your garden. They line up with any farmer's farm. They line up with anything going on in a ranch. You sow, you reap. You give, you receive. This is not deep stuff. Jesus continually likened faith to a seed being planted and getting desirable and predictable results. Say it out loud. Desirable, desirable. And, predictable. and predictable. Now you all know this, you guys. You know, you, you weren't all, always uh, such great Christians. You throw a beer bottle at a woman. Are you going to get a good result or are you going to get a bad result? You're going to get a bad result. If you're sweet to her, Give her candy, give her flowers, you're going to get a good result or a bad result? Going to get a better result anyway. Jesus said, Matthew 17, 20, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, nothing will be impossible for you. Now notice the language, if you have faith as a seed. If you have faith as a seed, you can say to this mountain, see, a lot of people have been trying to talk to their mountain, but they never had faith as a seed. If you have faith as a seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as a seed, or if your believing becomes seed faith, no matter how small it seems to be, it will meet needs and problems that appear as impossible As mountains before you, this is because each act of faith is a seed planted and will be multiplied many times over. Now, this is the heart and core of it. If you have faith as a seed or if your believing becomes seed faith, no matter how small it seems to be, it will meet mountains and problems that appear as impossible as mountains before you. And this is because each act of faith is a seed planted and will be multiplied many times over. 
Everywhere you look in nature, it's springtime in Texas. Everywhere you look in nature, the earth is in production and the principles of seed time and harvest are at work. My grass is seeding. And you know, it's amazing. But the seeds are not apple seeds. And the seeds are not uh, walnut seeds. They're grass seeds. It's just amazing, isn't it, how it all works? And it is all entirely predictable. Everywhere you look in nature, the earth is in production, and the principles of seed time and harvest are at work. A seed is planted, the soil is cultivated, and the mighty productive forces of the earth come to bear to produce a harvest of like kind. For too many of God's people, faith in the word are hit and miss propositions. This is why so many go to conventions and hope they'll hit a miracle of healing. What Jesus tries to show us in his word is how to control and direct our faith at all times. Like the seed that the farmer plants and the subsequent harvest that they take to market, why can't we use our faith in a similar fashion to get predictable results every time? After all, how can you expect a harvest to come in if you never planted seed, a seed of faith, in the first place? I can see him in my mind's eye. My grandpa get up in the morning, have his coffee, watch the weather, and just go out there and walk among the fields. See what was going on. And you plant the seed, but that doesn't mean there's a plant. It takes several weeks. Then you begin to see the little green stuff coming up. Let's say beans, for example, or corn. You see a little evidence something's coming up, but that doesn't mean it's harvest time. And then weeks and weeks go by. Let's say corn, well, you see the stalk coming up, but it doesn't have any fruit on it yet. It takes time. It, and then, you know, he was a Southern Baptist. He'd pray for the rain. He'd pray for rain. In other words, you know, Lord, we can use some more rain. He didn't have an irrigation system. You know, he was believing God for rain, but he tilled the soil. My mother told me that when she was growing up, he was growing cotton. They missed a lot of school because they were pulling cotton by hand, picking cotton by hand. They would spend time weeding, missing school for weeding on dad's farm, my grandpa's farm. My point is, it's entirely predictable. If you plant beans, you don't get cotton. If you plant cotton, you don't get corn. If you plant corn, you don't get beans. If you plant 100 acres, you don't get 200 acres. Are you hearing me? This world is hell-bent on sowing confusion into the minds of everyone. But I want you at Faith Christian Center to understand it is all entirely predictable. Because the same God that created the laws that govern the earth is the same God that created the laws that govern faith. It's the same God. It's the same genius architect. How can you expect a harvest to come in if you never planted a seed, a seed of faith in the first place? Every miracle of God begins with a seed planted in faith. Number two, it is your seed faith giving that releases. Everybody say releases. It is your seed faith giving that releases the ability of God financially in your life. You see it all through the word of God. 
Peter and James come up to the gate called Beautiful in the book of Acts. There's a man sitting there begging. And uh, Peter said, look at us. And he gave Peter and John his attention. And the Bible says, Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. That doesn't make any sense. You know, I know, the man knew, Peter and John knew, crippled men can't walk. But Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Helping him. The man got to his feet and went with them, walking and leaping and praising God. What Went with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And religious folks got angry about it. That's, that's the world, man. That nothing's changed. That's the world. They, now that beggar was out there. If they wanted to heal him, they had plenty of opportunity to heal him. If they wanted to pray for him, they had plenty of opportunity to pray for him, whatever they would want to do to try and help that man. But they, they didn't help him. But you let Peter and John, you let somebody with power with God come by, you let God do a miracle, religious folks get mad about it. I know this. And so... We've been doing this now, 38 years, five months and two Sundays, teaching the Word of God, staying with the Word of God, the Word, the Word, the Word, staying with the Word of God. God shows up, and you know, not everybody's happy about us being blessed. There's people right now, and you never got past me saying we gave over $900,000 into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ last year, and you're angry about it, and you'll go out of here angry about it, and you'll be angry about it all week. Well, I did it. Sue and I did it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, and there's a person, and they're, they're hardwired to not hear how to do it. They're hardwired with their prejudice against it. Doesn't matter what miracle we're talking about. A healing miracle, they get mad about that. A financial miracle, they get mad about that. The whole idea... The whole idea that you could take action and God do something for you. And here I am sitting here eating my 15 bags of Doritos, collecting my check from the gov. And I don't know why God hadn't done a doggone thing for me. Who the heck do you think you are to say that you took action and you believe God and you did something and it was a seed of faith and you released your faith and the power of God was released in your life. And God brought you a miracle. <laughs> well, I'm not going to stop just because somebody's upset. I'm not going to stop just because religious folks are upset. Man, I'm eating the best of the land. I'm driving the best of the land. I'm wearing the best of the land. I'm living in the best of the land. Hallelujah. I'm enjoying the blessing of the Lord because I figured out how it works. I said I figured out how it works. This society is so despicable. You go to a grocery store with more than 1.7 children in tow and you're going to get dirty, nasty looks. This world is insane with hate. Yes. That's right. That's right. Amen. Who do you think you are to have three children, four children, five children? If I was starting all over, I'd have 10 just to hack everybody off. <laughs> See, you know what it really is? The Lord just spoke to me. 
That's awful strong. <laughs> the blessing of the Lord is evidence of your virility in God. The blessing of the Lord. See, it's like going, 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 walking around and having more than 1.7 children or whatever it is. Uh, I mean, we got people in this church, and, you know, I, I see them walk, walk by with their crowd, and I think, man, there's a lot of love there. A lot of love been going on there. A lot of love. A whole lot of love. You know what that is? Somebody's got some virility. And people get mad about the evidence. I want to be like Abraham. All that insanity going on down the road down there. And Abraham just lived the blessed of the Lord, just, you know, just doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? Just, just walking in the blessing of the Lord. I mean, they're insane right down the road, just right down the road. They're just losing their minds right down the road. But man, Abraham just lived in the blessing of the Lord where he was. That's what we need to be. Not get caught up in their insanity down the road. Learn how to walk in the blessing of the Lord. And then don't feel bad about it. Jesus said, number two, it's your seed faith giving that releases the ability of God financially in your life. Jesus said, Matthew 17, 20, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Say it out loud. Nothing will be impossible for me. Say it out loud. If I'll just follow what Jesus said, nothing will be impossible for me. See, if you have faith as a seed, if you have faith as a seed or if you're believing becomes seed faith, Jesus said nothing will be impossible for you. This means that whatever you can conceive and believe you can achieve because we already gave you the word, Ephesians 3, 20, 21, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So through faith, God links us to his creative power at work in the earth. Through faith, God links us to his creative power at work in the earth. Through faith, God links us to his creative power at work in seed time and harvest. And Jesus said, nothing will be impossible for you. Through his creative power at work in his principle of seed time and harvest, God has made it possible for a person to conceive, to believe, and to get predictable results every time. This vision is literally all around us. Everywhere you look, we can see the harvest in the fields bursting forth from the tiny seeds planted months before and carefully tended. It's almost a racket. And people are so far removed from the land, they don't even understand how the world works. People think chicken comes from packages. We have more than 530 trees where we live. And so over time, the grass dies out from a lack of sunshine. And then that horrible freeze we had a year ago, February, accelerated that process. So I had to buy a bunch of sod. 
I've, I checked around what kind of sod does the best in a shade situation, and I had to put in a bunch of sod. Well, just amazed the heck out of me because this comes from the King Ranch down there. You know, they get the, the weather coming in from the Gulf. And think about it. They plant seed. And that grass comes up. And then over time, it fills out, gets thick. They fertilize to take care of it. And then they harvest it. They cut it. And then they start all over. And they plant seed. I mean, think about it. It's almost a racket. The same dirt produces sod and then they're selling it to Dr. Lingerfeld for $550 a pallet and then they'll turn around and they'll plant seed on the same dirt and then they'll harvest it and sell that to somebody else next year and then the next year and the next year. See, this is how, this is why people don't understand how faith works because they're too far removed from the land. Now, we've gone over this, but you need to hear it again. You put two heifers in a meadow, you don't get nothing. You put two bulls in a meadow, you get a fight. You put a bull and a heifer in a meadow, what do you get? Calves. Now, I know this is far, far beyond the CDC understanding or the NIH understanding or public school teachers understanding. I know this is... This is like quadruple PhD level stuff. But our grandparents, our great grandparents, our great great grandparents, this is how they lived. This is how they lived. This is how they lived. But we get citified, we get away from the land. And then we, we go to churches where you've got somebody that went to school somewhere where the cemetery, I mean seminary, sowed doubt. See, if you sow doubt, you're going to reap doubt. So you go to a school and they're sowing doubt. Sometimes it's the will of God to heal. Sometimes it's not. All the financial blessings of Abraham in the Old Testament, that was for God's Israelite people, that's not for us today. That doesn't even make sense. The people in the Old Testament were called the servants of God, and you and I are called the sons of God. Why would God want his servants to prosper, but God would not want his sons to prosper? That doesn't even make sense to the natural mind. And if God didn't want us to prosper, why would Jesus say something like, Give and it shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down? Why, why would he say what he said in Matthew 6 about, Seek first his kingdom and all these things shall be added unto you? I mean, over and over, it's everywhere if you look for it. But you know, the bulk of the church in America today, their favorite verse is, Jesus wept. Well, I can't pay my rent on that. I mean, I'm glad he wept. I guess, you know, see, they, they go to the story of Lazarus and they're all focused on Jesus wept. They're all focused on Lazarus. You know, if he knew Jesus, why did he die? They're all focused on why did Jesus delay? They're all focused on how, you know, his sister said he stinketh. I, I'm not focused on that at all. I'm focused on Jesus saying, come forth, Lazarus, come forth. Amen. 
and then he hops out because he's wrapped up in the, in the death garments. And Jesus said, unwrap him, set him free, let him go. That's what I'm focused on. You can get in the tomb with Lazarus if you want to, but I'm going to get outside the tomb and dance with him when he gets set free. Hallelujah. You can focus on he stinketh all you want. I'm going to focus on Lazarus come forth. Amen. I want, to find, I want to get to the miracle. I want to find out how the miracle happens. How can you expect a harvest to come in if you never planted a seed, a seed of faith in the first place? I mean, down there at the King Ranch, they could not plant grass seed and then next year say, well, golly gee whiz, I don't know why we can't make any money. I was in a champion builder group yesterday and the young man was telling about these Christians he knows and, and the level they're living at, they're washing plastic forks. I don't think in my entire life we ever washed a plastic fork, plastic spoon. And you folks from the Hispanic culture, man, if you want to find out what a racket this is, this poverty mentality, just go visit the Vatican. You'll, it, just in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, you'll find out what a racket this is. They don't believe in poverty. They believe in you being poor, giving all you got so they can have all that they have. See, here at Faith Christian Center, I want you to be blessed. Amen. I, want you, I want you to prosper. I want you to come up. I want you to get your car paid off. I want you to get your credit cards paid off. I want you to get your house paid off. Can you imagine the offering we could receive for a guest speaker if no one at Faith Christian Center had a mortgage? Can you imagine the offering we could receive for a guest missionary if no one at Faith Christian Center had a mortgage? That's where I'm trying to lead y'all. Into the blessing of the Lord. Amen. But they're printing so much money. I'm telling you what. When this attorney sent me an email and said, have you seen what they did to the value on your house this year? No, I'm busy. I'm not paying attention. I log on, I look at that. I, I, I mean, I thought, D-A-M-N. <laughs> it is a total, complete racket. They take your income, 24%, 30%, 37%, whatever they're taking, and that's not enough because they got to send $40 billion to Ukraine to launder money back to Congress or whatever they're doing. And so then they print a trillion dollars every six months, which creates all this inflation. And then how convenient is that? Then the value of your homes goes up, 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 up. And then guess what happens? Well, your tax bill goes up, 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 up. Listen, if you are not in faith, I don't even know how you're going to make it. If you're not walking with God in faith, I don't even know how you're going to make it. Amen. I want to see you blessed. 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. You know, we moved into this building and I heard, I heard somebody said, you know, one of the criticisms, I try not to pay any attention to the criticisms, but uh, every once in a while, something catches my attention and somebody was trying to invite somebody to Faith Christian Center and their answer was, oh, I don't want to go over there. He just wants everybody to be a millionaire. 
I thought, well, I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah. You know, that, that's a criticism I guess, you know, I deserve. And listen, it's a big deal because, you know, that was 2006. That was 16 years ago. That was back when a million dollars might have been something. They keep printing money the way they're printing it. You're going to need a million dollars to fill up your truck with gas. And if, you, if you're doubtful about that, you're ignorant of history. In the Weimar Republic in Germany in the 1930s, they had to take Deutschmarks in a wheelbarrow to buy bread. A wheelbarrow full of paper money to buy bread. And if you haven't figured it out, all this mayhem, 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 uncertainty, skyrocketing suicide rates, drug overdoses, all this money printing, all this spending, all this waste, all of it is headed in a direction because there is coming one that will have no desire for women, but he will be heralded as the coming new world leader and he is going to have the answer to everything and he's going to be eloquent and he's going to rise and he is going to take over literally the world. And you're smart enough to see the game, right? Manufacture a crisis. Use the crisis to get more power. Manufacture another crisis. Use the crisis to get... That's, that is the way Satan operates. The way God operates is believe God, confess His Word, take action on His Word, reap the blessing, and you get prospered your own self. Amen? Amen? It's man by man. It's woman by woman. It's family by family. I'm running out of time. Like I said, this is going to take two or three weeks to get through this, but I'm not anxious about it because we're in it. Tell your neighbor, pastor's in the zone. So every miracle of God begins with a seed planted in faith. Do you understand how evil they are? Do you understand how evil they are? These young couples get married and they... You know, maybe they have six months, 12 months, two years, whatever, enjoying, you know, the whole newlywed thing and all of that, but then they decide they want to have a baby. Look, a miracle. Nobody, 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 nobody has ever stood in a hospital and, and been handed a bundle of joy and not been awestruck and mesmerized at the miracle working power of Almighty God. There is nothing like it. But it wasn't a dolphin. It wasn't a baby elephant. It wasn't a zebra. It's entirely predictable. But they've even taken this and used it to bring confusion. I don't know who people are talking about sometimes when I hear sermons. My Father God, He is beautiful. My Father God, He is wonderful. My Father God, He is gracious. My Father God, He is kind. My Father God, He is merciful. My Father God, He is a, a blesser, a healer, 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is completely and totally wonderful. If you just don't kick against the bricks and rebel, then He wants to bless you. Amen. And people, I know even here this morning, you know there are people, I don't believe it. I don't want to hear it. I, I didn't come here to hear this. You know, I'm out of here, whatever. You know, and so my answer is whatever. Because it's like the old adage, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. I can lay out the Word of God for you and I can show you how beautiful and how wonderful and how marvelous and how predictable God is, but I can't go home and do it for you. You have to take action your own self and do not let the devil lie to you and tell you that it's too late or you're too old or you don't have enough. Despise not the day of small things. Let's bow our heads. I want to give an opportunity for people to make their commitments and decisions for the Lord this morning. You may be here this morning. You've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life personally and individually. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation chapter 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will... And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. So... Even on salvation, you got to take action. Even on salvation, you got to do something. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, thou shalt be saved. So even there, you got to do something. You got to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You've got to confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never done that, but I want to this morning. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. Pastor, <clears throat> it's news to me that God's beautiful and wonderful and kind and gracious and forgiving and that He'll bless us. I want in on this. How many this morning would say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to know the one you've been talking about this morning. He sounds wonderful. And I want him in my life and I want him in my heart. I want to walk with him from this day to my last day. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. If you're watching online anywhere in the world, you can just lift a hand up there in your living room, your office, wherever you are. Say, yes, Father God, I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. There may be people here this morning and you're backslidden. You're not living for the Lord like you once did. The Word of God says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You might be here this morning and during the message you thought, man, I have messed up. I have gotten off course. I have not been a believer. I've not been a doer of the Word of God and I've left blessing behind. Well, don't let the devil tell you it's too late. Don't be lied to by the devil and say in agreement with the devil that you've wasted too much time. No, you can reverse course. You can do a 180. You can make it right with the Lord and you can live for Him from this day to your last day. And let me tell you something else about the Lord. The Bible says He, re he restores the years the locusts have eaten. And so whatever the devil's done to you to rob you, God can more than make it up to you in the time you have left. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I'm away from God, I'm backslidden, I don't want to live a backslidden life, not another day. Pray for me. I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you, wherever you are, lift a hand up. 
Lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Yes. How many others? This is it. This is it. How do you know there's going to be another Sunday? How do you know we'll ever meet here again? How do you know you'll ever have another opportunity? Everybody's standing. I want those who raise their hand for either invitation. I want you to be bold, especially, well, I want you to be bold, but I want you to gather your belongings in hand, especially the ladies. Take your purse in hand because I don't want you to be thinking about your stuff. But I want you, if you raised your hand for either invitation, I want you to be bold about it. Step out into the aisle. Join me here at the front. We're going to pray. And listen, you may be here this morning and maybe you were timid and you did not raise your hand to make a commitment by hand, but the Lord is dealing with your heart. The Lord's calling you. The Lord's speaking to you. You know what that is? That's the love of God. I said, that's the love of God. That's the love of God because God wants to bless you. God wants to forgive you. God wants to multiply you. God wants to increase you. Anyone else, you're welcome to come. For the sake of these that have come and others who may be coming, and then for the sake of people watching online, everybody, let's pray it out loud together. Thank you, Father God. For you are gracious, and you are merciful, and you are kind, and you are loving. You are actually love itself. And I stand before you today to give you my life and to proclaim, I believe, Father God, you raised Jesus from the dead. And I declare with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. So I turn from that old way of living and I give you my life and I ask in Jesus' name that you would forgive me and wash me and cleanse me and put within me a new heart that loves you, loves your word, and loves your house. And I thank you for hearing me and answering me and receiving me. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. I want you to go with Mr. Jeff Hughes and our prayer counselors. We'll get you right back in the service. They're going to give you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. Let's give God thanksgiving for them. Hallelujah.